The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. I am your host, Paula Vale. And today our episode is Reiki for Veterans. I have been very excited about this show, very excited. I have a wonderful guest with me today, Michael Emmanuel. Michael is a Yasui and Karuna Reiki master and teacher. He has been working with our vets since 2008. He is originally from London and... To, to begin, I would like to say uh, I want to give a big thank you from the bottom of my heart to all our vets out there. I am truly grateful, love and thankfulness and gratitude to everyone. And Michael, I want to give you a big heartfelt thank you for what you do for our vets. Thank you. I'm very appreciative. Well, let's begin with, uh, Michael, tell us a little bit of your history and how Reiki found you. Yes, and and Reiki definitely found me rather than the other way around. I really wasn't looking. Uh, I very much come from a a scientific and engineering background, so um, I was as surprised as anyone to find Reiki. Um, Many years ago, I've been working in the high-tech uh, IT software industry for decades, um, and um, it took its toll. Uh, and actually, the very first time I came across Reiki, it was because the pain in my neck and my shoulders was so bad, I had gone to find a solution. And uh, I had this wonderful acupuncturist who I knew as Pin Woman. She didn't like that term, but. Uh, she was sticking pins in as far as I was concerned. She insisted they were needles, but uh, they seemed like pins to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for months she would stick the pins in, and uh, I did feel better. And if any of you have ever had acupuncture uh, sessions, they tend to make you look like a porcupine and then leave you alone for 20 minutes and then come back and take them out. On this occasion, she didn't seem to disappear. And uh, I had both eyes shut, but she seemed to be hovering. And then I opened one eye and then the other eye. And she seemed to be waving her hands around above me. And I asked her what she was doing. And she said she was doing Reiki. And I asked her what that was. And she explained. And I said, right, sure. And uh, she said, well, do you feel better for it? And I said, 
Yes, definitely, but I'm paying $60 an hour for this, so stick some more pins in, please. <laughs> and that was my first, expression, uh, my first experience with Reiki. Uh, actually, uh, several years later, I was um, uh, in a creative um, uh, artist's way class uh, um, trying to uh, recover the creative within, which had been dormant for some time, and the lady who was teaching this class was a Reiki master. And one evening she chose to have us all do Reiki on one another. And I thought, oh, well, this will prove once and for all whether Reiki that I experienced from Pinwoman was real or not. And uh, there were some very gentle and wonderful people in the class. And the only one that I didn't wish to be teamed up with was a rather timid lady architect because it wouldn't prove anything. She basically sat in the corner of the room every week and quaked gently. And I just thought, well, if I could work with anybody but this lady, it would be wonderful, and I'd be able to prove one way or another whether Reiki was something. Needless to say, when we drew lots, I got the timid architect lady. Of course, of That's course. That's the way it works. <laughs> and I was rather disappointed about this. But uh, she did some Reiki on me, and... I really didn't feel anything at all because her hands wouldn't stop moving through the shivering effect of her body. We then switched over and I started working on her. I hadn't had a Reiki attunement. This was just the natural energy that throws, uh, flows through all of us. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think the first position was to lightly rest my hands on her shoulders. And initially it was... Um, a strange experience of me and her and being very separate and me trying to feel calm and her trying to feel calm. And then over the course of several minutes, we kind of melted into one. It was extraordinary. And I didn't know where I stopped and she started. And then we had to move positions after a few minutes and then again. Mm -hmm. And each time I didn't want to move because I'd joined up with this lady and then I had to move and I was separate again. And when she got off the table, her eyes were bugging slightly, and she said to me, she asked me the question, have you ever done that before? And I said, no, why? She said, that was amazing. And I went, okay, I have to learn this, sign me up. Mm -hmm. And so the lady who had, who had been uh, giving me classes uh, to recover the creative within then became my Reiki teacher. Teacher. And over many years, this wonderful lady, Eileen, Eileen Day, uh, in Seattle, just um, tolerated me and my awful scientific questions as to how Reiki works and why it works. And she just allowed me to be me. And the, the two expressions that I hold dear, um, whenever I would ask her an awkward question to which there is no answer, her, her response would always be, notice what you notice. And the other one was, which I, I loved, she has a still, after all these years, a slight New Jersey accent. And she would say, honor the pause. And all I could think of, because Reiki is done through the hands, were these little paws, yes. <laughs> our hands. Yes. She, of course, meant honor the time, the space. Uh -huh. But all I could think of were these little paws that kept doing Reiki on people. Yes. Honor that the pause. scientific brain came through. <laughs> well, I think the... Uh, the slightly light-hearted, <laughs> yes. happy child came out there too. Yes. Now, was it much of a challenge with being so scientifically 
excited to bring that Reiki in and the realization of what it was and that, I mean, because it's such a whole different expansion. It's, it's belief and intent and knowing. How, how was that with bring, adding that to your well, scientific brain? I mean, initially it was a complete nightmare. Um, <laughs> there was nothing provable in any of this. Though, uh-huh. And it, it took... Uh, but I have faith, uh, and you know, I not only was wrestling with the scientific side of things. I was brought up uh, as a Jew, and I had the whole issue of uh, did I believe in God? And if I did believe in God, then I wanted to be Jewish, and I couldn't let go of being that. And how did Reiki fit with my religion, with my faith, mm-hmm. with my science? And those all interplayed for a long time in my mind. When I look back now, I realize that as a scientist, you you make you postulate you 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 create theories about how things are that are models of their existence. Whether it's a, a, a something a, a physics theory or an engineering model or an actual physical model, you create a model of what this thing is that you're trying to explain, and then you test it with hypotheses. That you set a hypothesis, and then the, you're as happy with the answer the hy- that you proved the hypothesis as if you disproved the hypothesis. It, it just needs to be black and white. It doesn't mm-hmm. a, a, a bad a, a disproving a hypothesis is as good as proving it. Well, what I found was over the years I've done Reiki that um, there are many explanations for what I've experienced, but I have to come up with as many explanations as I've had experiences, or I can come up with a single model that explains all of those experiences. And I've found that Reiki allows me to explain everything that is happening in a simple and concise way. And so until such time as Reiki doesn't provide a good model, it is a good model. It explains the things that are otherwise inexplicable. Yes. It's, it's so all-consuming, isn't it? And right. it's so expansive. Well, from, uh, from, you know, for hundreds of years, um, there's be, we've, we've, the philosophers and scientists have said that the, the simplest models are the best places to start with anything. Um, it's best known as Occam's Razor. Um, Occam was a, a 13th century um, scientist philosopher who said, let's just, the, the, the razor piece, he didn't actually come up with the word razor, I think that was um, probably 19th century. But his idea was shave away everything that is extraneous until you get to the core and and at the core, you will have a functional model that that makes sense. And then you can work with that until it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in your progress with your Reiki, you, you came into it. You said, okay, we're going to battle the mind a little bit. I know it's something. I feel it. You brought that in. Then where... Did you go to make the step 
to the connection with Reiki, bringing it to our vets. What yeah. brought that into the picture? Oh, yes. Uh, my, uh, I took Reiki very slowly, and now I teach Reiki. I teach people. It's really important that although you could learn it in four weekends in, inside a month, possibly, that isn't the point. Mm-hmm. And it's missing the point to do that. So it took me many years. I think I started in... My, I took my first lesson in 2003, and I learned... I took my teacher training in 2006, and then I think it was 2007 before I felt ready to, to hold my first class. And so I just let Reiki flow, and I knew when it was time to take the next level, but I never forced it. And one of the things that I was always encouraged to do was um, to go to Reiki circles. And I always found a really good excuse not to go to Reiki circles. Um, It wasn't that I didn't want to go and help people and be with people and share Reiki. But I did. I suppose I just didn't want to go to Reiki circles. Anyway, one afternoon... Um, I just felt compelled to go to the Reiki circle. I hadn't been, and I, it was time to go. I would just suck it up and go mm-hmm. to a Reiki circle. Mm-hmm. And we spent the first half of the Reiki circle sitting around, coming up with good, useful ways that we could share Reiki with the community in a volunteer way. And there were hospices and hospitals and um, retirement homes. And all of these were good and worthy, and people were volunteering to do it. And I kept thinking... I, I really, I really should do that. Uh, and then the second half of the uh, Reiki circle, we actually invited people from members of the public to, to come in, and uh, we had a whole group of people came in, and we we shared them out, and three or four of us worked on each person at a time. Wonderful. And two very different gentlemen turned up from the kind of public general public that we expected. They were big, they were brawny, and they had all sorts of aches and pains. And they happened, it turned out, to be veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that particularly at the time. Uh, but I got one of them on, on the table that we were working uh-huh. on. And he had all sorts of aches and pains in his back and his hips and his knees. And could Reiki help him? And so we worked on him. And at the end of... Uh, the session. It's only a five or ten minute session. Mm-hmm. He lay on the table and he was clearly in some emotional distress. And there were lots of people wittering around him going, oh, are you all right? Can I help you? And I just, I said to him, come with me. And I took him off the table and I took the other gentleman off the other table and we went into a darkened room, which was actually the, the, the kitchen off to the side of where we were working. Mm-hmm. And I just sat with the lights off and I said, I don't know what you experienced on the table, but if you want to talk about it, I would be very happy uh, to answer any questions I can. And it turned out they were veterans, and it turned out that they were suffering from post-traumatic stress and all all sorts of uh, shrapnel wounds and all sorts of things. And they asked me if Reiki could help them. This wasn't what they'd expected. They'd expected Mm -hmm. their their pain to be fixed, but they both had a, a different emotional experience. Yes. And I just knew I needed to do this work. Mm -hmm. And so I went to my wonderful Reiki teacher, Eileen Day, and I said, we have to do this. And she said, absolutely. The reason that they turned up was because she'd been working with 
the local veterans center in Seattle and with a psychologist there and she never expected anyone to come but yes we should do it and I said not only do we need to do it but we don't need to volunteer we, we shouldn't be volunteering to give them sessions we should be volunteering to teach them how to do Reiki on themselves oh, and do their that. own healing yes yes and so when you chose to go to that Reiki circle there was that veteran yes isn't that which came first Yes. Was I called because they came, they were coming? I don't know. Exactly, exactly. I just love the uh, synchronicity of it all. No coincidences. No I coincidences. Say. Yes. Oh, that is beautiful. Wow. Well, in a moment here, we're going to be going to a commercial break. Mm -hmm. So perhaps when we get back, Michael, it would be wonderful to hear some stories of what you've seen, the effect that Reiki makes in the lives of the veterans. And, you know, just thinking about how Reiki, my first thought when I read your article about Reiki for veterans was, you know, it's going to help them physically. It's going to help with the pain. But what that could do for the PTSD. So. Right. I'm very excited to hear more about that. So we will let you go, everyone. And thank you to all our listeners around the world. And we will be back in just a couple moments and more talk with Michael. Thank you. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, we offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us. They clothe us. They comfort us and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. 
Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to For the Love of Reiki. And I am here with Michael Emmanuel, and Michael is sharing uh, his work that he does with our veterans. Beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, I'd like to start with, Michael, tell me about what that was like uh, when you made the decision to to just go in and I'm going to work with the veterans. I'm going to serve. I'm going to I'm going to open this up to our veterans. What was that experience like? Well, I can honestly say that was a pretty nerve-wracking day. Um, uh, I was very blessed that I wasn't doing this alone, that my own Reiki teacher, Eileen Day, was coming to. But she was also nervous. We didn't know what to expect. We did want to make a very safe environment for the veterans, so we'd, we'd spent some time working with um, her contact, the, the psychologist at the Veterans Center on how we would create a safe space. Um, and so his idea was, well, let's do it in a familiar location, which is the Veterans Center. They come there for, for all sorts of reasons, community and their sessions with psychologists and other reasons. So let's do it there. He got permission to do it, although to some extent it runs very much under the radar of the actual mm-hmm. the powers that be. <laughs> they allow it to happen, but only, providing, only by turning it. a blind, yes. blind eye. Yes. It's done at the weekends. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, and he, it happens. I mean, we were very blessed. Again, no coincidences. He actually is a, he trained in, in Reiki. So he knows about Reiki. But he said, I'm a psychologist. In the Veterans Center, I cannot cross the line. He said, but I can be present. Oh. And so it was very important that we didn't know what we were going to unleash. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to do it with care and 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 set up a safe environment and to set up a safe environment didn't just mean one where they felt safe but where if anything did happen so we could help it happens that Eileen Day is a is a, a trained uh, mental health counselor anyway so we had that under our belt mm-hmm. but also to have a, a, a Seattle cent- a veteran center psychologist present during the day um staying on his side of the line, mm-hmm. but present in the room. And so, with yeah. feeling safe, is that also, um, I'm thinking that that represents they're safe in whatever emotions may come exactly. up, whatever they need to release, they're in a safe place to do that. Right. It's emotionally safe, it's physically safe, and it's and it's familiar and one of the things that we also realized, I mean, I, I don't know, there are a lot of Reiki practitioners, I'm sure, listening to this show. If you ever sat in a room with 16 to 20 veterans, all male, typically in the early days, though now we get female veterans too. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2008, they were almost all male coming. And that first day we sat there in this heavy male energy. Wow. 
Uh, it's so different from when I teach Reiki on my regular public classes. Mm-hmm. It, um, this was all male energy. It was fascinating. And Eileen and I just looked at each other and went, uh-oh. Um, within half an hour, we had them um, picking up balls of invisible energy and playing with chi wow. and handing invisible balls of chi to one another and they were feeling it and wow. they could sense it. And then we realized, of course, these are all volunteers coming to our classes. Mm-hmm. These are all survivors who are coming to our classes. These are all veterans who have used their perceptions beyond the normal senses to stay alive, the sixth sense or whatever you want to call it, that made them not stick their head above the parapet or look around the wall at the wrong moment. Mm -hmm. These are the ones who came home. And so they've already been using their instinct in a survival mode. Yes. These are exactly the people who instantly can pick up balls of chi and pass them to one another. It's just so entertaining to see (laughs) veterans working with metaphysical energy. So on the one hand, we knew that we had something going, but the point at which we knew we had um, really got the right thing, that we were doing what needed to be done, even in the small way that we were doing it, was a comment that a one of the gentlemen said at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He was looking up at the clock on the wall, and this was a guy who you would pass in the street and you would he would be wearing a John Deere hat with a with a board asking for small change. I mean, he was he came off the street looking like this. I think he wasn't destitute, but this was his way of living. And he looked up at the clock and he said to no one in particular, I can't believe this. It's three o'clock in the afternoon and I am completely calm. And then he went on to explain that this was the first time since he had come back from, uh, I can't remember which particular campaign he was on. I think it was Iraq 1. So this was 2008. So this was many years later. He said this was the first day since he had come home that he felt calm at three o'clock in the afternoon. And almost any day of the week, he would be shouting and have need to punch something. He would normally punch a wall, hope that there wasn't a human present that he would punch, but he was so angry by three. Uh, And today he wasn't for the first time ever. And we just knew that if that was the only time, I don't know what happened to him the next day. Mm -hmm. He was probably punching the wall again. But just for one day, he wasn't feeling angry at three o'clock in the afternoon. He was given some peace. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So we just knew we had to keep going. Yes. But, you know, we hold these classes uh, in the Seattle Veterans Center maybe no more than three or four times a year. And so far, we started in 2008. So far, I think we've uh, probably had approximately, I don't know, 50, 60 um, veterans come through, uh, maybe more. And we teach them level one, and then some months later, they come back for level two in their own time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fascinating to see the transformations. Um, in all the time that we've been doing this, we've only lost two who didn't think that Reiki was of any value to them. Mm-hmm. All the others have kept going. They've all gone from Reiki one to Reiki two. Now we hold um, 
well, Eileen calls them Reiki spa days, and I love that term. Oh, I love in, that. What is a Reiki spa day? Uh, it's a, it's a, a Reiki circle, I suppose. Uh, uh-huh. uh, we allow veterans, any veteran who has Reiki 1 or Reiki 2, uh, to come in and we practice and we share and we particularly work on ourselves because one of the things that veterans seem to have a great deal of difficulty on is actually working on healing themselves. They will heal everything else in sight. They will heal the dog. They will heal the plants if they've got a garden. Mm-hmm. They will heal their partners. They will heal their food. But we can't get them to heal themselves. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's one yeah. of the... It's a... Uh, I don't know if it's um, it's a sense of their worthiness and they don't think they deserve it. Mm-hmm. So that's where we focus a lot of attention, particularly in Reiki 1 and particularly in the Reiki spa days. Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. And I can only imagine the change that you're making in lives. And the change is so rapid. And that's the thing that I, I just find absolutely amazing um, the days of it, when we do a Reiki 1 or a Reiki 2 uh, workshop, it's a very gentle day. Uh, we explore. Um, they tend not to be very emotional moments in the day, but occasionally there are times when veterans actually get emotional. And that is why it's important to have a safe space to work mm-hmm. on. We never ask veterans to expose themselves or what they're thinking, but an awful lot of the veterans do want to share mm-hmm. and to maybe unload to unload mm-hmm. I mean one of the uh, one of the most wonderful stories uh, of which I just every time I go I and, and do a workshop I learn more I gain more insights and I just witness wonderful stories but uh, some of the best veterans I love working with are the Vietnam vets. Oh. Um, and there was one gentleman who came to a Reiki One session some years ago, quite early on. And during the Reiki One attunement, um, he was getting quite emotional. And afterwards, he left the room while everybody else at the end of the attunement was um, kind of getting glasses of water. Mm-hmm. He actually completely disappeared. And he'd gone for a walk, it turned out. And when he came back, he was welcomed back into the group, and he said, I want to share my experience of what happened during that attunement. He said, you know, we don't expect anyone to uh, to share anything they don't want to. He said, no, no, he wanted to. Uh, he wanted to share with everybody what had happened. And he said, during that Reiki 1 attunement, this enormous black slab lifted from him and floated away. He said, I know the moment that that black slab descended. It was when he said, I came out of a firefight, one of 15 or 20 people in our band. 250 of us went in, 15 of us came out. Oh, my goodness. And that black slab descended, and it's been with me for 35 years. And he had retired to a, he he didn't want to live in a city. He moved down to a a farm somewhere Mm -hmm. south of Tacoma. And there he sat out. Be trying to be an artist and exploring mm-hmm. life creatively, yes. but taking himself out of the world. He didn't want anything to do with the world. And he said, I now understand that that black slab has gone forever and that it doesn't serve me. It didn't serve me. I kept it there because I didn't want to forget my comrades, but it doesn't do that. 
and now it's gone, I know I will never forget my comrades, but I don't need the slab anymore. And he went home after that day, and I think Eileen and I probably high-fived ourselves. Oh, my goodness. Um, everybody else in the team, in the, in the group, had had a wonderful day, but just yes. this, this, this gentleman was just so, it was such a pleasure to see him transform yes. in a 20-minute moment. Yes. And he wrote me, wrote to me um, a couple of days later an email, and he thanked me and Eileen for volunteering to do this work and he said he wanted to share something else with us he said when he had uh he had a bad shrapnel wound in his knee um it's amazing how many shrapnel wounds there are in how many knees it always seems to be the knees that get it anyway the pain was medicated and he had been working with the veterans hospital for years and he was on a cocktail of about 16 drugs to keep the pain tolerable mm-hmm. but they took him they spaced him out so he had actually only taken the minimum required to drive up from Tacoma comfortably <sighs> to Seattle he said I had sat all day in your class and I drove home and I didn't take any more of the pain medicine and it's now Tuesday and I still haven't taken no. any wow. and he's and I thought that was wonderful so I wrote yes. and I thanked him and about 10, 10 months later, I don't know exactly when, he came back for his level two class and he was different. He was like a, he, he shone like a film star would. He had that squeaky clean, um, yeah. just brilliant. And a glow. Him. Glow. Oh my goodness. Um, and I'm not talking a metaphysical glow. I mean, yes. he actually glowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he went to, he said he, I asked him what he'd been doing. He said, well, after that experience with Level 1, he had actually mm-hmm. gone to one of the local Native American tribes nearby and they'd actually adopted him and he'd done a lot of oh. work with them and that had been oh. spiritual and healing and he was in a much better place than he was 10 months earlier. And I said, you know, you wrote me that wonderful letter and, and you told me that you got to Tuesday without taking any pain medicine. And I know that can't last, but... Did you manage to go back to the veterans hospital and get it reformulated? And he said, no. I said, oh, that's a shame. But at least you got to Tuesday. He said, no, no, I, I don't take them anymore. Oh, my goodness. He said, if I've, I can take aspirin or... Oh, yes. And that's all I take, or acetaminophen. Oh. And so that day changed his life. What a testimonial to what... Reiki, Reiki attunement can do for us. What source can do for us? Exactly. It's about letting go and and being present. Yes. And he did. Yes. And it was wonderful to experience. But that sounds like I picked one person out of 60 and said, look, it worked. But it actually works to some level with all of them. Yes. There was a lovely lady veteran recently who just found such calm and peace from a practice that we did. And afterwards she said, but I can't, I can't do this except here. And so I don't know what to do. And I said, well, you can do Reiki anywhere. You, it's wonderful if you can perhaps find a small corner of your home mm-hmm. where you can go for five minutes or ten minutes a day and do it. But you don't need that. You can work on the bus. But if you could just create a safe place for yourself at home, and she said, yes, that's the problem. I don't have anywhere to live. 
Oh. Um, I don't have a safe place. And I actually didn't know how quite to answer that one. Yes. Um, but I wished her well and said, you really can do Reiki anywhere. Mm-hmm. And again, she came back um, half a year or a year later. And she looked different. She felt different. And she had a house. She had a partner. She had a garden. Um, it had all just fallen into place mm-hmm. because she'd stopped resisting. Yes. Uh, she started feeling whole. And then the universe obliged and gave her the safety net that was yes. always there for her. Yes. And I really believe that the Reiki, I mean, it's love. It's, the, it's so much love. But it allows us to surrender. And when, like this woman, she was able to let go and surrender. And look, it, it changed her life. And yes, yes, it's that sense of being. It's about yes. letting go of what isn't and what hasn't been. Mm-hmm. It's about being present in this space yes. and being alive without expectation of a particular outcome and just allowing, um, you call it source, I yes. like that. Yes. Let, let uh, the energy flow the energy and flow. without predetermining what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, it is actually what you need. It's for the best yes. possible good. It might not be what you think mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. or what you think you need, but it is the right thing. Yes. And just allowing yourself, because we just don't in this world. We're always doing. We're not being. Mm-hmm. And the mind. And and I truly believe if we let, you know, if we don't try to always control, and we do let go. Things can come in that we didn't even imagine possible. Absolutely. You know, letting them in. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I'm afraid we have to take another commercial break. Michael, I just absolutely am loving your stories. My heart is just swelling right now. (laughs) I'm I'm so touched. Um, We will be right back, everyone. Thank you, and talk to you in a few minutes. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, We offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. 
Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us. They clothe us. They comfort us and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to For the Love of Reiki. I am your host, Paula Vale, and I'm here with Michael Emmanuel, and he is sharing with us some absolutely beautiful information and experience he's, that he has had with working with veterans. And Michael, um, share with us a little more about these experiences of this gift of Reiki that you've been able to share with with our beloved veterans? Um, Well, one of the things that uh, I love about Reiki is the way that it can uh, help in a very gentle way with post-traumatic stress. And when we take our veteran students to, that sounds interesting, doesn't it? Veteran students. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we're all veteran students, really. When you take them to level two, and you can start to teach them how to connect with earlier versions of themselves. Uh, There is a wonderful way that you can help them with post-traumatic stress. There is a moment in time when a dreadful event occurred, and all that happened in that, all the emotion is so locked away that it's never properly been processed. Mm -hmm. And at the other end of the trauma, they still don't want to take it out of the box. It's not safe. And so there are many techniques, I suppose, to expose the trauma in a friendly and careful and safe way and and do the processing. What I love about Reiki with the Level 2 training is that you can go to the moments before the trauma ever existed. You can, from this side of the trauma, sit with the person who was that early, before the trauma actually happened, on that side of the trauma, and hold their hand and give them the advice that they need to know. Mm-hmm. And you can say to them, something terrible is about to happen. 
but you survive. You can be the big brother or the big sister. You can be the person who can walk into the moment that's about to happen with them, holding their hand. And you can come out the other side. And the wonderful thing is you don't actually have to look in the box. The box is the trauma. Mm -hmm. You can go before it. Mm -hmm. You can provide the wisdom that they needed to know on how to guide them through it. It's the wisdom of hindsight. But wouldn't it have been wonderful if they had had that hindsight? It's not that that trauma isn't any more horrible to live with. Mm -hmm. A dreadful thing happened. But knowing it, knowing how you navigate it, knowing that you get out the other side, somehow makes it slightly more tolerable. And so one of the exercises that we can teach uh, the veterans is to sit with their trauma, sit ahead of their trauma, and give themselves the guidance that they needed. And it's a wonderfully healing experience without ever having to expose the trauma itself. And quite often when we do this exercise, it's interesting, I assume that the veterans are going to pick a moment of crisis in their war service. Very often, though, they choose childhood events. And so the whole process that often that took them into the military mm-hmm. starts much earlier. And you can keep going back and you can process help them with each one, or I say help them with, they can help themselves with each one and then have this technique so that each time a new uh, repeating behavior that they don't want occurs, a new fear turns up for them, they can get ahead of the curve and support themselves. Uh, and so I think very- basically they're learning how to carry themselves through that particular trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, being their own friend wow. rather than their worst enemy yes. and carrying themselves through because yes. now they have a friend to support them. And it happens to be them. And so it's such a graceful experience to see them doing it because they're not exposing the trauma. So yes. there isn't that angst that comes with that. Yes. You just see... You do the exercise, and then you see how they feel at the other side of it. Now, today, all these years later, maybe decades since the actual trauma. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things that we are handling a lot of in, in the veterans is, is this concept of hypervigilance, that because they're permanently on edge waiting for uh, the next terrible thing to happen, mm-hmm. this is where being able to work with uh, uh, um, absent healing helps reduce some of the hypervigilance that they're feeling. Yes. Yeah. But one of the, not everybody gets this first time. It's, it's hard. It's very hard if you're a veteran and very mm-hmm. uh, left-brained. And, yes. Um, there's always typically somebody in the group who doesn't get it. Uh-huh. And there was a lovely, but they still try. And the story I'm thinking of is there was a wonderful, very distinguished, older gentleman, very tall, very angular, 
very military, who came to a class, I think, about two years ago. And when we were doing the introductions, he said, uh, I actually came, you won't remember this, but I came to one of your introductory classes about four years ago. And I said, well, actually, I do remember you because you're very recognizable. I don't remember anything about the class. He said, well, I was the one who didn't get it. I said, well, thank you for coming back. Yes. I'm so pleased that you want to give it another go. Yes. He said, no, no, I want to to do this. I said, well, how have the last four years been? Have Have you done any Reiki? Oh, yes, yes, I do Reiki every day. I have a very bad knee. I have another shrapnel wound in my knee. That's what I was thinking earlier. There's another knee problem. Mm-hmm. And he says, every day I just do my knee. I, I work on my knee for five minutes. I don't feel a thing, not a thing. I said, really, you do it every day and you feel nothing. I said, I really congratulate you because I don't think I would have the perseverance um, if I didn't. No, yes. I was getting any yes. result. I said, but um, no, I really don't feel anything at all. I said, that's a shame. How's the knee? He said, much better. <laughs> <laughs> so I just love this man because yes. giving Reiki, he didn't feel anything. But it's a beautiful example of it's not about you. It's about the Reiki. Yes. And so he was giving the Reiki Yes. An opportunity to work. And so it did. Having and it was faith. he was having faith. Yes. He was stepping aside. Even though he couldn't feel anything, yes. he allowed the Reiki to flow. And I think all of those of us who are practitioners need to remember it's not about us. It's not about what we feel yes. or don't feel. It's what the person receives. Yes. And that brings back, you know, that makes me giggle because I remember many years back when I had taken level one and I'm practicing and I'd be, is it on? Is it on? Right. And, and it is like that in the beginning, yes, you know? very so, much. Yes. And also uh, giving Reiki to yourself, which is the thing we teach at the beginning, mm-hmm. is so hard because who are you? Are you the giver or are you the receiver? And actually this yes. man taught me something very important. Uh, and at the end of doing the introductory class again, he was beaming from ear to ear because he said, I can feel it. But because of the problem that he was having, Mm -hmm. I realized that I was not being sufficiently rigorous in helping people with trouble feeling Reiki, how they would feel Reiki. And I realized that when you're working on yourself, you actually, you benefit from saying, although I'm giving Reiki to myself, for this part of the Reiki session, I'm just going to be the giver of Reiki. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to worry that I'm also the receiver. I'm going to simply live in the, in the mode of giver. I like that. And then switch it over and say, don't worry about who's giving it. Focus on receiving Reiki. And focus on receiving. And as soon as I told him (sighs) this, he could feel it. And I don't know about you, but certainly in my early days, I was so confused about this. Because really, especially with giving yourself Reiki, it's like, I'm doing it, but am I getting it? Am I, you know, and that is confusing. And my poor Reiki teacher, of course, Eileen, so when you're doing symbols in level Uh two, and you go, well, okay, so if I do the symbol that way round, and then I want to do it on me, do I have to use a mirror? (laughs) And she would just look quizzically at me and go, 
notice what you notice. <laughs> Which was my cue for, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> now, Michael, please share with, with everyone listening a little bit of how they could reach you and find out about your classes. And mm-hmm. if you have any stories you want to share about your training, <laughs> um, I'm sure some of us Reiki practitioners would love that. Um, well, so the Reiki for Veterans work that I do, I do with mm-hmm. the Seattle Veterans, and I'm sure there are other veterans groups around that if they're interested in doing this. Uh, on my website, there's a, there's a page about veterans specifically, and there's a contact number for the Veterans Center. Wonderful. So uh, the website is uh, michaelemmanuel.net, and you spell Emmanuel, E-M-A-N-U-E-L, so just one M in Emmanuel, or one word, michaelemmanuel.net. And um, there's a link to the uh, psychologist that we work with oh, there. Oh, fantastic. And maybe the best route for anyone who's thinking of mm-hmm. this perhaps would be to call him and and see if there's a a way that it can be replicated in a different veteran center. Yes. Uh, my own public classes, uh, I teach out of a lovely little studio that I have in, in Seattle in Madison Valley. Um, and I hold them regularly during the year. But I also love to put together when there are groups of people uh, that want to learn together, I'll just put on a private class for them. And and I think like you, I noticed that you like to teach in small groups. I love I having I just do. three or four people yes, together and that. spend the day together. Yes. Um, the veterans classes, typically they are, uh, well, they can be as small as four sometimes because they don't always show up, but mm-hmm. uh, they can be as big as 20. And, uh-huh. and there's something very special about those big groups too. Yep. So it, it works it's always a around. different feel. Very much yes. so. Yes. And I feel very strongly in teaching Reiki. There are so many flavors of Reiki now. Uh, and basically anything that is slightly metaphysical and uses energy flows through the hand, people are calling it Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fine with that. I, I want to teach people the most original form that I can so that and I'll, I'll come back to that comment because there's a big gotcha on that. But um, I want to give them the base form that I can so that they can then choose whatever branch, whatever way they want to go. But if I flavor my version of Reiki and say, you're going to learn Michael's version of Reiki, it's better. There's several problems with that statement. Yes. First is, yes. it's not about me. Yes. And as soon as I hear anyone say, my Reiki is better because I've done this to it. Yes. It's a big turn off yes. because that's ego and the lovely thing that I feel so why I felt safe to, to study Absolutely. Reiki is because as soon as you bring ego into the subject, the Reiki turns it off. Yes. So yes. it's got its own self-governing. Yes. So um, I was very lucky. Uh, my teacher was only three steps removed from um, in lineage from Mrs. Takata, who brought Wonderful. it over from Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was through Virginia Sandal, um, Var, a lady called Cherie Prashun, and then Eileen, and then me. But still, the, the, uh, the uh, there was Eileen taught teaches it beautifully, and she runs this um, uh, they called the Reiki program, uh, Reiki training program in in Seattle, and it's actually a state registered um, uh, syllabus so that you can actually end up as a state-certified practitioner or a state-certified teacher. 
which I love, and I went on and became a state-certified state teacher through her. Um, what, was, what was interesting was that the stories of Mrs. Takata were coming through, but not the reasons for the stories. By the time you played the game of Chinese whispers, you wonder mm -hmm. why Mrs. Takata did this or did that, mm -hmm. and the answers were not always clear. Right. And so I jumped at the opportunity when... Uh, Rick Bockner came uh, down to Seattle. He's the last of the 22 original Reiki masters that Mrs. Takata taught. And so I spent a weekend with Rick Bockner. He didn't give attunements, but we had a wonderful weekend workshop. And I learned so much oh, about had to be fantastic. Mrs. Takata and, mm -hmm. and why she did the things that she did. Mm -hmm. And one of them in particular I, he shared with us was, you know, she was very, she was a formidable lady, but she was a very gentle lady. And she only ever in her life um, made 22 Reiki masters. What a difference from today. Yes. She didn't write down the symbols and she insisted that people didn't write down the symbols. And I always wondered why. And it's not because they're magical, at least according to Rick Bockner. It was because she had changed Reiki to make it accessible to the West. Mm -hmm. And so she'd already, she knew she had changed it from its original form. And she knew it would go on and change into many different flavors. And she didn't want just one version that was the correct version. Because she knew that the more people who did it, it would naturally change and it would flow. So I wanted... And I have ever since taught Reiki as best I can the way that Mrs. Takata did with permission for everyone to take it and explore with it anything they want. But I want to give them the original form as it came to the West mm -hmm. so that they can choose what path they yes. want to follow. Yes. Oh, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah, because we all take that in, we all do give it our own flavor. Yes, and, yes. and obviously I have my opinions and my, yes. and my own thoughts yes. about it. And I try and be careful when I have my students to say, this is what I think, Yes, but you may think otherwise. Yeah. I personally see teaching Reiki as a great honor and a great responsibility. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I yes. think we should take that responsibility and... and be rigorous in our yes and careful with yes. how we um, pass on what we do and so if it's something else and I only teach level one and level two typically because I feel that even level three level three didn't exist in Mrs. Takata's day yes oh Michael this this has been a fantastic show thank you so much thank for you. being here our hour is is gone so fast yes um, thank you everyone in the U.S. and around the world. And we will see you next week. Hugs and blessings. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Paula. Thank you again for tuning in to For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health.